Morgen, Jelle. Mein Name ist Bernhard. Für die wird man nicht kennen. Bernard. Bernard. For the Americans. Ja, was Anita? Bernard. Awesome. Sure. Wanted to linger in that worship, eh? That was amazing. So this morning, I'm going to be preaching on Don't Be Ashamed of the Gospel. Tip by Andrew. I think I mentioned it before. Tell the people the title of your preach. I shouldn't guess. I should know what you're talking about. So if they lose a thread somewhere, at least they can somewhere tie it back to, ah, yes, that was the title. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. We actually sang a song this morning. Took a photograph of the words because I knew I was going to forget. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I won't be quiet. My God is alive. How could I keep it inside? Praise the Lord, O my soul. We sang that this morning. Did you pick that up? Are you quiet? <laughs> Andrew, Andrew Silly, he is the leader of Joshua Generation Church, and he's also the leader of the 412 Global Movement of Churches. Um, and he made a Facebook post on his personal page. He said a few days ago, coming into 2024, I've got such a sense of the need to share the gospel of Jesus with as many people as possible. This age feels like it is fast wrapping up and we will soon see the Lord. I hope that excites you. Are you excited to see Jesus? Do you want to be stuck on this side of eternity? Paul said it's better if I'm on that side of eternity, but for your sake... I'll stick it out on this side. Andrew also posted on the 412 website, which is more of a prophetic voice and an apostolic voice. He said, I believe we will see rapid expansion. The field is coming into a season of growth and health. The field, that's us. That's God's kingdom on earth, his churches, his people. And Brad Verena, he is another apostolic voice in the 412 movement. He also posted on the 412 website, I believe we are in a time of major increase and multiplication. I hope that excites you. So this is the vision for the new season that God has spoken into us through his apostolic and prophetic voice on, of the 412 movement. So how should we respond when God's apostolic voice speaks something into us? You know, what do you feel when you hear those messages? You know, are you stirred in your heart? Are you spurred onto action? Do you want to do something? Or are you happy to sit and watch other people get involved in what God is doing? Spectator sport. Unfortunately, it's not a spectator sport. So the question that I hope that arises in your heart when you hear these things is this. What is my part in this and how can I participate in what God is going to do? Because he said what he was going to do. And how can I participate? 
So what is the answer? It's in the title. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Tell people about Jesus. Romans 1 verse 16 says, you got it there. Romans 1 verse 16. Romani 1 verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew and then to the Gentile. Ek het die Afrikaans gaan lees. Wat is die Afrikaans? Ek koop ons is nog daar. Yes. Ek skaam my nie oor die evangelie nie. Ek skaam my nie daar nie. Is ons skaam om oor Jesus te praat? Are we ashamed to speak to people about Jesus? I had an opportunity this week to speak to a colleague because we were just kind of bantering about um, public holidays and he lives in Spain. So they've got a whole bunch of Catholic holidays. And so we got to talking about Catholicism and religion and we got to talking about, you know, where he falls and if he knows the Lord and and where I fall if I know the Lord. So I I probably had an opportunity to share some of the gospel in that moment. But I did shrink back a little bit, to be honest, confessing in front of you. I shrank back a little bit. The workplace where I work in an international company is a little bit of a minefield. You're not really allowed to talk about some of the stuff like that. So I did share a little bit. But afterwards, I little, felt a little bit guilty that I could have shared a bit more. So in that moment, I guess I had to be honest. I was also a little bit ashamed to tell him that I love Jesus with everything in me. Because he was quite against it. He wasn't really religious and he didn't see any sense in it. And he didn't really feel people need Jesus. And when you come up in the face of those types of arguments, what do you do? Do you stand up and come in the opposite spirit? Do you tell them what you believe? Or do you just, ah, okay, yeah, no, cool. And then you just say nothing. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Ek skaam my nie oor die evangelie nie. Was Jesus ashamed when he was led like a criminal through the cross, through the streets of Jerusalem, up the hill to Golgotha, and crucified for me? Was he ashamed? What is the gospel? Does anybody know what the gospel is? What does the word mean? Enig iemand, gospel. Good news. So thank you for Thomas. And the end is our chocolate for the person with the meeste punten. <laughs> Just jokes. It's in my pocket, but by the end it'll be melted. <laughs> yes, the gospel means good news or to announce good news. That's the gospel. So what is the gospel message? Romans 1.16 in the New Living Translation, the NLT says, For I am not ashamed of the good news about Christ. Gospel, the good news about Christ. So what is the good news 
about Christ that we are to announce to the world. Do you know what the good news is? If you have one minute with somebody, what will you announce to that person about Jesus Christ? Peter sums it up for the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 to 5. Thank you, Ruby. It was a bit late for the so Ruby was a bit stressed that I didn't die the verses in time. Ruby is a eister. Ruby is 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 to 5. This is Paul writing a letter to the Corinthian church. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved. It is the message of salvation. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I have received, I have passed on to you as of first importance, crucial information, something that you absolutely have to know. Now we see the four that statements. Why did he pass on that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures? That he was buried. That he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And that he appeared. He appeared to Cephas and then the twelve. So four that statements. That Christ died for us. And for our sins on the cross. That he was buried. That he was raised from the dead. He was resurrected. And he overcame death. And that he appeared. Which means, in other words, he lives. He now lives among us, with us, in us. And he works through us. So the four that statements. That is the core of the gospel message, the good news about Jesus Christ. So the gospel is the good news that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died for our sins, that he was buried and that he rose again from the grave and thereby conquered death. That he is eternally triumphant over his enemies so that now for us, There is no more condemnation for those who believe in Jesus Christ. But only victory over sin and everlasting joy only found in Jesus Christ as he works in us and through us. So in a day of depressing headlines and uncertainty, good news is very welcome. So who of us thinks this is good news? Because that is obviously the other question that we have to ask, you know. If it is good news, then you will tell people. If you, if you won the lottery, who wouldn't tell anybody? Well, we do actually read some articles of these silent millionaires. We don't know who they are. If you picked up a hundred rand, let's start small. You would tell somebody. If I picked it up, I would tell my wife. If my kids picked it up, they wouldn't tell me because I would probably take it from them. (laughs) 
You tell somebody good news. Who has told somebody good news in the past week or two? Yeah, right? Petrus was brewing with us, and I told him a bit of good news on something that happened to me, and it was the Lord's provision. It was good news, and I told you, because it's awesome. It's a testimony. So we have to believe that it is good news. Do you have joy in the Lord's salvation? David writes in the Psalms, O Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation. So do we live our lives with joy? I mentioned that a few preachers back. We look different in this life as children of God. So we have God's joy. Even if we suffer, we suffer with joy. We suffer as those who have hope. So we have eternal hope. Not in this life. Not in circumstances around us. Because those things change. And we don't have any control. We think we do, but we don't. Things happen totally outside of our control. But we have an eternal hope in Christ. And that is how we should go through this life. With the joy of the Lord's salvation. As Christ is working in us and through us. So, again, in this day of depressing headlines and dark news and bad things happening all over. What better news could there be than that God loves us? That he is for us. That he paid a price to buy us out of the slavery of sin. And he put us into his kingdom so that we can spend eternity with him in heaven. What better news is there? The world tells us we should be ashamed. Who has ever been ashamed to talk about Jesus in any circumstance in your life? I mean, has there ever been a situation where you could have said something and eh, you shrank back a little bit? Well, I just confess to one. Keep me accountable. Ask me next week if I've shared it. If I've shared something with somebody and if I was brave. Right? The world tells us to be ashamed. The world doesn't tolerate Jesus. The world says following Jesus is not cool. The world says our society has no place for Jesus. Ironically, our society has a lot of place for a lot of other things that people call religion. That's tolerated. But don't you dare tell anybody about Jesus. Don't you dare tell anybody that he is the only way to salvation. Then you get cancelled in our new cancel culture. But Paul tells us that we should not be ashamed to boldly proclaim that Jesus is the only way to salvation. 
We will never know the impact of telling someone about Jesus. There is a saying, who can count the apples in a seed? You know what that means? No one can know how many apples will be produced when you plant one apple seed. I mean, who can count that? Who knows? And that is an accurate metaphor for the gospel message. You will never know how many lives you impact by telling one person about Jesus. You will never know. You may be the only person that knows Jesus in somebody else's life. Have you considered that fact? Let that sink in. Think about your circles of friends and your circles of influence. You know, multiple circles. You've got your circle at work and at church. Well, at church it's a little bit more obvious and easy. Uh, you've got some friends, you know, different friendship circles. You've got your friends from church. You mean you youthies. You've got some church friends, but you might also have some non-church friends at school. Your classmates, if you're studying, you know, your, your study mates. You might be the only person that knows Jesus for that other person. No one can tell them about Jesus but you. And God has called you to that. God has called you to tell that person. I told a colleague of mine, so I do also have a a good story about colleagues. I did tell another colleague of mine about Jesus. He said to me, I'm not going to accept Jesus because I still think it's it's, ridiculous, utter nonsense. But if I was ever To find Jesus. I would look at your life. And I do think you have something. And there's something I want to say about that. You might have heard it said. um, Tell the gospel. And use words only if necessary. Who of you have heard that? Yeah. Nonsense. You can't tell people about Jesus if you don't speak. However, if your life doesn't line up to your words, rather don't speak. Your life has to line up to what you tell people. Otherwise, your message is divided, you are divided, and they will never believe you. They will look at you and say, you Christians are hypocrites. You're telling me this, but you're living like that. So please, don't put any faith in that statement. Your life has to line up, but you also have to speak. Use your words, like I say to my kids all the time. Hey, Annabelle, how was your day? Mm. Annabelle had gestort. Mm. Use your words. (laughs) And one word isn't an answer. Two words. Ja, papa. Nee, papa. Dankie, papa. 
Twee woordkies aan een bel. Let your life and your words line up. Otherwise, you will never be an effective witness for Jesus. That's totally off my notes. Where am I now? <laughs> it was a freebie. I just felt to throw that in. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Um, so here is an example of the apple seed metaphor. You know, you will never know the impact of telling somebody about Jesus. Who of you have heard of Edward Kimball? Edward Kimball? Maybe one or two of you, you know, you might know the story. Edward Kimball? Niemand? Yay. You're nodding. Okay. Edward Kimball. Let's say nobody has heard about Edward Kimball. He wasn't a great man by, by our standards. By worldly standards, he did nothing amazing. He was just a guy. He also happened to be a Sunday school teacher in the 1930s in America. He was a Sunday school teacher that took great care in teaching his students the truths and the values of the gospel message, making sure they understood what the gospel means, making sure they understood that Jesus is the only way to salvation. Edward Kimball. Well, that's the only thing Edward Kimball did. He was faithful as a Sunday school teacher. So why was this amazing? Why is this worth mentioning? So he had a teenage boy in his Sunday school class. And this boy gave his life to Jesus Christ at the age of 16, in part through all the effort and the seeds that Edward Kimball had sown through the years in his students' lives. Who was this boy? Billy Graham. Billy Graham got saved because a nobody taught the gospel of Jesus faithfully in his Sunday school class, in his circle of influence, year after year. It is said, I don't have this as fact, that Billy Graham communicated the gospel to more people than any other individual in the history of the earth. Thank you, Edward Kimball. One seed and how many apples were produced from that seed. Harvest after harvest, season after season, crusade after crusade. Billy Graham's ministry is still going today, years after his death. He's still reaching souls. Thank you, Edward Kimball. But not Edward Kimball. Thank you, each one of you. If each one of you tells somebody, who knows if that person will go on to affect millions, hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands, thousands, or only one? 
That's also okay. If only one person gets saved by you telling them about Jesus, Jesus says, I will leave the 99 and go after the one. Every soul is important. Whatever they say in the war movies, no man left behind. Every person is important. So who knows if a person that you tell won't go on to become the next Billy Graham. You may think you have no one to tell. You may think your circle of influence and your friends at school, wherever, your colleagues at work. You may think it won't make a difference. You may think they don't want to hear what you have to say. And you might be right. Because they're in the world and the enemy blinds them. Maybe they don't want to hear what you have to say. You may think people will laugh at you and reject you. They laughed at Jesus. They rejected Jesus. His whole nation rejected him. He came to the Jews that he faithfully saved and served and loved for generations. They mocked him. They killed him. His own people. Jelle wat kleines, youth. Jelle, moet nooit underestimate dat jelle vir iemand van Jesus kan vertel en dat het een inpak en een verandering in hulle leven kan maak nie. Want you don't know what's behind the mask. You don't know what happens behind the scenes. For how many people you are the only hope they have. They are hopeless. They are in a terrible situation. They hate their lives. But you have the message that can save them. Let me remind you of the little boy that brought five barley loaves of bread, five broekies, and two fishes, two little fish. When Jesus asked his disciples, how can we feed 10 to 15,000 people? This little boy came forward with five bread, loaves, and two fish. Do you think people would mock him? Do you think it was possible that somebody laughed at him? Like, five broekies. Ons is 15,000 mense. We gaan eet en we gaan kyk. It's a favorite saying in our house. If the portion is small, we gaan eet en we gaan kyk. But what happened? What happened? When this offering of this little boy was put into the hands of Jesus, something that was looking insignificant was supernaturally multiplied to feed thousands and thousands of people. And afterwards they still picked up, let me not lie to you, 12 baskets of leftovers after Jesus supernaturally multiplied that little offering of that little boy. It was the best he could do. It was everything he had, the only thing he had. And he gave it to Jesus. Jesus multiplied it and he fed thousands. Jesus 
Jesus turns something that you feel is insignificant into something amazing. Never underestimate what Jesus can do with the seeds that you sow. Orchards will grow and bear fruit season after season from the gospel seeds. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 6. This is Paul again that writes to the church in Corinth. So Paul says, I planted the seed. Paul. Apollos watered it. He also ministered into those congregations. But who made it grow? God. God comes and he gives growth. So what do we have to do? What is our part? What did I say when we started this? Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Tell people about Jesus. Be obedient to what Jesus asks of us. Just tell people about Jesus. Sow those seeds. You have a multitude of seeds. Your seeds will never run out. You can tell as many people about Jesus as you possibly can, as you've got energy to do. Sow the seeds. It's not up to you how they receive it. It's not up to you if you're ridiculed, if you're joked at, if you laughed at. God will give the growth. Thank goodness for that. Thank goodness that responsibility is not on me. We just need to sow. Tell people about Jesus. Isaiah 52 verse 7. I'm coming in for a landing. I see Kay is already yawning. <laughs> Isaiah 52 verse 7. Not to talk about Michael. Michael was sleeping right now. I saw you, Mike. I saw you. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. I preached another preach quite a while ago about being foot models. <laughs> but it was from this scripture. How beautiful are the feet of those that bring good news. Who proclaim peace. Who bring good tidings. Who proclaim salvation. Who say to Zion, your God reigns. So in line with the apostolic messages that we have heard speaking, uh, spoken into us through the apostolic voices in our context, and through the prophetic messages that I've read when I started, in 2024, let's be messengers of God, carrying forth this good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. Let's be those beautiful feet be foot models. Let's be those beautiful feet that bring the good news of Jesus to people without hope, to people living in darkness, to people that cannot see any way out of their situation. 
And let's tell them that salvation and peace is only to be found in Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ alone. Let's shine the light of Jesus in a dark and desperate world. I close again with Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, the good news about Christ. Because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Let's close our eyes. We do have a few visitors here this morning. So I do want to just ask. If you have never heard the gospel before. If you have heard the gospel but you've never accepted Jesus. You've never decided to lay down your life and follow him. Now is your opportunity. This morning God comes and he knocks. At the door to your heart. You can accept him without any shame. There's no shame in following Jesus. There's no shame in proclaiming that you love Jesus. Giving your life to Jesus and living for him alone is the best decision any person can make in their lives. Is there anyone this morning for the first time that wants to give their life and their heart to Jesus? No shame. Best decision you'll ever make. One you'll never regret.